Hi there, welcome to Singing Our Way Home podcast. I am your host, Eva Popov, and in this podcast, we will be talking about wellness and creativity and how the two intersect and work together to make life a little sweeter and richer. Each episode features a new conversation with somebody about their creative practice so we can learn a little bit more about this thing we call creativity and how it can support us as we make our way through life. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people as the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was made. The time is not linear, it's circular. So it is suggested that I will turn 58 this year. But that is the physicalness of the vehicle that carries my 80,000-year-old spirit. In this week's episode of Singing Our Way Home, I spoke with the incredible Kutcher Edwards. Proud Mutty Mutty man, songwriter and legend. I met with him on the anniversary of Kevin Rudd's apology to the Stolen Generation. As a member of the Stolen Generation, Uncle Kutcher had been taking part in events and commemorations all day and took time out at the end of this to meet with me at the Aboriginal Advancement League. He spoke about time, songwriting and his work supporting those in prison through radio broadcasting. I had met Kutcher 20 years ago through a mentoring program for young songwriters. And despite not having been in contact for all that time and his incredible career, he remembered me and treated me like an old friend, a testimony to his generosity. This conversation took me to a place outside of time. Uncle Kutcher's deep wisdom that is present in his songwriting and performances permeates his storytelling and circles through time and space. I hope you enjoy the beautiful words and storytelling of Kutcher Edwards. Singing up country. Today is 15 years on, and we call today uh, Apology Day, the day that Kevin Rudd, on behalf of the nation which is now termed as Australia. He apologised for past injustices in reference to the children who, because of government policies and, and uh, not only federal, Commonwealth, but uh, state policies of which uh, removed uh, six of Nugget and Mary Edwards's children, Nugget being my dad, Arthur Nugget Edwards, Mary being my mum. And today we had a... Uh, it was supposed to be celebratory and talking about 15 years on from that apology and what did it mean and what did it do and uh, words are cheap uh, if not backed up by uh, 
action. And so when, you know, and I remember, you know, it was only probably three or four hours ago, but things become a blur ever and, but if you let the memory become storage of files and memories as files, you're not allowing your spirit to control. You're not allowing, uh, you're, not, you're not connecting to uh, the ideology of, of ancestry. And yeah, I've, I don't know if I, if I allow, if, if I go back to the stored memories in the, in the files in my head, uh, sometimes my spirit protects me from those traumatic memories and my spirit locks them away so they don't, they don't make their way to the surface. The beauty in what it is that I get to do is I use me, music as this vehicle of conversation. And performances for me are not about, you know, juggling in front of somebody and doing cartwheels. And what, what's happening is, is there's an interactive conversation happening, even when I'm on stage. And, uh, you know, like a carpenter has shortcuts and tricks of the trade and an electrician and a house builder and so forth. There's a trick in trick of the trade in performance. If you allow the audience to enter into that conversation, it breaks down the fourth wall. And so an audience, even though it might be an individual that you pick out in an audience, an audience believes that they're part of the conversation. And so they're invested or they're vested in what's happening on stage as well. And so, yeah, I've learnt the craft. And um, yeah, it's been an amazing ride that I've been on. What are some of the ways that you draw the audience in? Helping sing a lyric. Or you say to an audience, uh, anybody got an iPhone, of which everybody has? Uh, can you please take a photo of me? And so there'll be somebody who'll come up to the stage and be the one who takes the photo. But that's because yeah, they've moved off their seat and they've come towards the stage. Uh, they've actually broken the fourth wall. They've, they've become part of the performance unbeknowings to them and it's uh yeah i've just learnt learnt the craft over the years and yeah it's um and travel the world you know and doing what it is that i get to do and um i'm i'm hanging out for the next international trip 
I don't know where it'll be, but I'm, yeah, I'm just, yeah, waiting for that phone call or that opportunity and I'll be there. I uh, keep my passport up to date. <laughs> yeah. um, your songs have got such a beautiful presence of mm. spirit and healing in them when I listen to them. And I'm wondering if you, in creating them or singing them, experience that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't believe I am the writer of them. I'm just the medium for them. Uh, I practically, yeah, uh, it's interesting. There's, there's one that, that we performed this afternoon, a song called uh, Mother Tongue. And Mother Tongue, I remember when I used to live down here off St George's Road. And I'd hop on a tram or a train and you'd, you'd sit amongst Italians, Greeks, Macedonians, Indians, Europeans, Germans or whoever was, was on the train or the tram. And you'd sit quietly and you'd close your eyes and there'd be a kaleidoscope of languages and people conversing in their languages to each other and you'd sit quietly. And what was going on is, see I'm speaking in this podcast, in this interview, in English, but English is a foreign language to this place too. And what, what I think was going on, or what I know was going on, is I desired to do the same. And then on some occasions there'd be, you know, somebody who'd hop on the tram or the train and they'd be very combative and abrupt and, hey, hey, this is Australia, we speak English here, and it's like, have a think about what you're talking about. Uh, and you'd have to, in, you know, interject and not get abrasive to the individual being the way they were. You'd have to remind them, excuse me, mate, uh, English is a foreign language to this place. And so the, the song Mother Tongue, I remember, I was in the Black Armband and the third instalment of the series of shows. Uh, first show was uh, uh, Murunduk. Uh, second show was a show with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra called uh, uh, Hidden Republic. And the third show, the third instalment, was a dirt song. And uh, the individual selected to uh, do this third show. Uh, I was one of them and I remember uh, the second show, Hidden Republic, again at the State Theatre. Uh, brother, Dr. G. Yonapingo, 
open and close the show. One of my nieces, or one of our nieces, uh, came out after the show. My sister's daughter, Credence. And she, because old man, opened the show, closed the show. In language, uh, Yolngu language, or Gumach to be uh, matter of fact, precise. Uh, and she said, Uncle Kutcher, where's our, where's our language? Where's, where's Mutti Mutti language? And it sent me on a journey uh, after that question. Uh, sent me to an organisation called VACL, Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages. And they handed me uh, the green book, the green guide. And uh, I started writing. Uh, I, I wrote a, a song uh, about my journey, and it was all in English. And then I looked in the book, and I wrote this song uh, called Marayidi. Marayidi in my language means I never. Marayiri Nyangadin Nabunanalai. This is the chorus. Marayiri Nyangadin Kukingalalai. Marayiri Waripa. And in English, I never sat with my grandmother. No, I never sat with my grandfather. I never spoke to my grandmother. I never sang or danced in a corroboree. And then the, the, the verses, Giganin yiri marambijiung, Nuinini wordungini kiyagiminu, Jegada duma dalyani. I was born on the banks of the Marambiji, with family always by my side, standing strong, proud mati mati not knowing what was soon to be denied. And uh, in writing that, that piece or being gifted that language uh, and looking deep in the mirror and seeing way beyond the physicality that is me, I saw my ancestry in the image and uh, I'd reclaimed me and reclaimed uh, my ancestry. Profound for me, you know, as a, as a kid who was forcibly removed. And so today, you know, when, when uh, you're reminded of somebody's uh, conscience in Kevin Rudd, whereas his predecessor couldn't bring himself to do what Kevin did. And Kevin stood on a platform in 2007, November, heading into the federal election in 2007 and said, um, my first act, if I'm to be elected, is to say sorry. 
on behalf of uh, non-Aboriginal Australia. Uh, and there was backlash, there was, there was negativity, but um, sitting on the, on the grass in uh, Canberra with photos of our parents and, and being reminded that, that a simple word can, uh, can mean so much. You know, the word sorry, you know. But um, you move on, you get on with what you need to get on with, but it doesn't mean that uh, our past doesn't remind us, you know, that our future needs to be better than what it was yesterday, you know. And being a grandparent, we spoke off air about me being a grandparent, you know. And, uh, yeah, I do what I do in, in the hope that in the hope that my grandchildren will look at Poppy Kutcher and and when I'm gone they'll remember, they'll remember his spirit, you know, remember that he was warm, he was gentle, he was and that's that's all we live in we live in the hope ever, you know. Mm. Yeah. And that song, Mother Tongue, seems so much a way of receiving and honouring ancestry and also passing forward to your grandchildren that you become part of an active creator of a lineage. And there's a, there's a, uh, there's a it's like a mantra in, in the chorus. Uh, uh, Jiran, 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 like a, it's like an om uh, that, that Indians, uh, hopefully I'm not being disrespectful, om, but it's, uh, I, I hope that there's no uh, disrespect to, to any clan or tribe, but I, I, I yeah, it's it's just a it's it's like an, a man a, a mantra. It's like a, a an centering of spirit. Uh, every every song that's ever entered my spirit, they're, they're like children, you know, they come home to roost and then you let them go mm. out into the wide world. And yeah, so I've had probably, I've probably had about ooh, three, 300 children so far mm. ever, you know, yeah. 300 children doing their work in <laughs> yeah, the world they, and for they've you. Gone out, they've gone out into the world and, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, project-based work at schools and organisations and I don't covet them. Mm -hmm. I let them go. Uh, there are so many that are not registered and, and uh, just gifts to the world. 
uh, to kids at schools and I sat down with that guy called Jer Edwards and um, he's a big fella and he's a funny fella and and then they'll see me on you know Kutcher's karaoke and oh that's the guy who was at my school and then I say to the kids listen uh, you see me walking in Ringwood or wherever it is that you live you're with your parents say that's that's Kutcher Edwards' mum and dad. Let's go, let's cross the road and, and go into the cafe where he is and he always says, shout me a cup of coffee and a donut. Oh, no, I don't have donuts anymore, <laughs> ever, but my wife, you know, sort of, yeah, she's gotten me off all the sugars and, yeah. And, and it, what it does is, is, is it's that trick again, that trick of the trade where, where the kids, see, kids are not, they don't see colour. They see someone's spirit as well. Whereas some of the, you know, you don't know. Never judge a book by its cover, but parents are very, you know, they, they covet their children and like I'm talking about. Mm. And they have their own opinion on the Aborigine. And, and uh, yeah, and so if, if the kid says, Mum, Dad, that's Kutcher, let's go and... I want to, I want you to intro, you know, I want to introduce you to him, because he's a nice guy, and yeah. So this this interaction happens, uh, whereas probably I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't get the opportunity to go to their house. Mm. Uh, so the songwriting process creates yeah. relationships. Exactly. That. Exactly. Break down. Break down, break down the wall, you know, yeah. I'm curious to hear a little bit about your work with people in prison, speaking mm, about community mm, work. Mm. How does music empower people who might be in difficult situations? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for over 20 years, uh, I remember my first job in Melbourne when I came down here in 1985. And I started work at the Fitzroy Stars Aboriginal Community Youth Club Gymnasium on the corner, it wasn't on the corner, it was actually in 99 George Street uh, under the guidance and mentorship of a man by the name of Jock Austin. Very uh, amazing. I'm just looking around the room to see if there's any pictures of Jock. Uh, I can't see any photos of Jock, but I know his face is out on the mural out the front. And I worked with him and uh, Jock became... See, I met my father when I was 17 at a funeral in Deniloquin and uh, was that his sister, Annie... Annie... Laura Ross, his sister. Uh, it was her funeral. And we got out of a out of a twelve seater bus. We all drove up there. I didn't, I just sat in the back. And uh, I got introduced to Dad, Nugget. And um over the years uh, and then I got the job uh, at Fitzroy Stars. And Jock became this father figure that I didn't have. 
Jock nurtured me through a lot of uh, my journey as a teenage man, you know. And working there, I was a youth worker, sports coordinator. And one day he said, uh, you're, going, you're going out to Pentridge today. And I'm going, whoa, what? You're going out to Pentridge today. You're going to uh, play sport with some of the, uh, the mob out there. And he used sport in the same way as we use music to enter, to start conversations. And he used sport to, uh, to uh, uh, as a, uh, rather, this is the way that he sort of explained it, rather than putting a Band-Aid on a young Aboriginal boy or girl, rather than putting a Band-Aid on somebody after they've cut themselves, Try and prevent them from cutting themselves. Yeah. So, what he did was is create the Fitzroy Stars, the Fitzroy Stars Youth Club Gymnasium as a sanctuary for youth. And he, yeah, used football as the tool, uh, and boxing, keeping our youth fit. And um, yeah, amazing man, had, had, had the capacity to look down the track, so to speak, and uh, create a sanctuary. So I went, I remember going out and uh, we met an amazing individual out there. His name's Lionel Rose, the world boxing champion. And uh, so we met Lionel out there, and and that was that was uh, rather challenging for me. But over the years, we'd go back in and play cricket and footy and so forth. So I'd I'd, I'd been yeah I got the opportunity to go into maximum security prisons then. Ironically, I got into radio. And with 3CR, I ended up founding uh, a show called Beyond the Bars. Beyond the Bars, uh, I, I was involved for 20-something years. And what 3CR had accomplished uh, with the Aboriginal presenters was to go into maximum security prisons during NAIDOC week and uh, do live to air uh, or yarn for three hours uh, while a rotation of people would come in, either from protection or or mainstream. And we are we are the most imprisoned people per capita on the planet. And if that's not a, an indictment on human rights, I don't know what is. And we've got to be reminded they're breaking Australian law, supposedly. What about ab, uh, non-Aboriginal Australia breaking Aboriginal law? Every, 10 times, 1,000 times over a day. 
So that's where politics comes into a lot of my conversations. But I think the reason why I, I gave so much in, in reference to going into jails and uh, juvenile institutions and juvenile justice centres and is because as a child I was institutionalised. And so I felt it only to, yeah, I think I was giving back because of what happened to me as a child. And so, and then in turn I could conversate and try and nurture my mob through that conversation. You know, I'm 26 years into sobriety and abstinence of, of all the things that I was doing back then. Uh, but I've come to realise that uh, if you centre yourself and understand your purpose in life, uh, there's, there's no substance that can replace the understanding of your ancestry and your descendancy. And again, looking into the mirror and seeing the image that is, is way beyond the physicality of you. It's, it, you see your ancestry if you look deep enough and you truly believe. Uh, belief in that is our, is, in, is our religion, so to speak, you know. And if you deny somebody of their belief system, you're denying them of themselves. And so I truly believe that I am just the medium for them old people. And them old people isn't referring to time. Uh, a baby who survives 10 minutes on earth becomes millennia as soon as they cross over uh, and it can now be referred to an old person, old man or old woman because the knowledge they hold is not of the intellect, it's of the spirit which is millennia itself. And so, I, yeah, um, I don't know, I'm... I'm not a philosopher. Uh, uh, again, you know, John Lennon, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I'm a believer of, of that, that connection to way beyond the stars, you know. Mm. Mm. And your album, Circling Time, it's talks referred. about that non-linear way of seeing time. That's right. It's... Uh, it is, it's that, like even yesterday in that conversation uh, with Clementine Ford at the Brunswick uh, Ballroom uh, with four other men uh, and, and having those uh, conversations with that younger you. And I turned around, I was at a lectern and I turned around and there was an image of me when I was 18 months old. And uh, the other four men had prepared them, their speeches. And I just turned around and, and I had my clapsticks and I sang uh, Madayiri to that boy, you know, because he was denied that. 
And in doing that, uh, that notion that time is not linear for us, it's circular, and all the, all the uh, memories and all the happenings that that, uh, that little boy went through. You know, I will go to that place of my dreaming and I will not be, let's say in 10 years' time, I will not be that 67-year-old Kutcher Edwards. I will be that boy again because he was denied his rightful journey in life, to be with his mum, to be with his dad, and I'll be with him. I remember, I remember taking my dad, Nugget, he was living at ASIS down here in, in uh, East Brunswick, and I was working for the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service in 1993. I'd only been there for about Oh, three weeks. I said, what am I doing today? They said, you're going on, on an excursion uh, with the ACES elders. I thought, okay. Hopped in the bus, went down to ACES and uh, my dad was there. And I wheeled him out to the bus and I was, I was so stoked. And we went for a drive up to Gisborne and other workers took other elders, you know, all in different directions. I grabbed my father and wheeled him over to a little park in, in Gisborne on a creek called Jackson's Creek, next to a bench. And you could hear the, you could hear the river sort of, uh, that noise that a little creek makes, you know, the, and the river, I sat Dad down, I sat on the bench, and I said, Dad, who am I? And he pointed at me, because he'd always come and watch me at footy, so he playing for the Fitzroy Stars here at, at the league. And he pointed at me, and he spoke in the bottom of his throat, you're my son, Kutcher. And my chest pumped out, and and I was really uh, stoked that he, he had me in his, in that file, you know. And this is what I talk about, the time is not linear. And some of the things that you have to, see his spirit protected him from the trauma. And I said, Dad, where's Glenn? I was born Glenn Gordon James Edwards. And I asked him, Dad, where's Glenn? And he, you could see his, his face change and his spirit change. And he's, he's, uh, and the marble's trying to readjust in his head. And he shrugged his shoulders and he, I don't know, who's Glenn? 
And I knew, I knew that he had to block out that period of his life where his six children were removed from him. And then I knew that, you know, what they had done to him. Yeah, it's unforgivable. And time, and the, the time is not linear, it's circular, but we as Aboriginal people, if you truly, truly believe you can enter the timeline at any time of our choosing. And when I, when I, when I truly, I could sit in the middle of the MCG and I can block out the noise when you go to that space, when you go to that true sense of, of uh, dreaming and that's not going to sleep and dream. I remember as a kid in secondary school and the teacher would be delivering a, a science lesson or a graphics lesson or and every word became like Homer Simpson in The Simpsons where he's dreaming about donuts and he, oh, he zones out. And I remember uh, those lessons and I would find myself not only looking out the window but travelling to that uh, moment and, and of serenity. And that's our dreaming. That's our connection to a higher plane. We can do that. We cannot be in the physical manifestation. I am, it is suggested, that if you look at my licence, born on the 15th of the 11th, 1965. So it is suggested that I will turn 58 this year. But that is the physicalness of the vehicle that carries my 80,000-year-old spirit. This is just a vehicle, 57-year-old vehicle, that carries my connection to them. Once you are informed of that, once you are, have knowledge of that, it's in there. Or you can't unlearn it or unhear it, it's, it's profound and, it, and it, uh, it affirms what my dreaming tells me, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm joining you in this place outside where I'm forgetting about time in mm. many sense mm. It's interesting, it's so interesting and the, and the concepts and the people who externally interfere 
you're full of yourself. And the real, you know, you're off with the fairies. And that's, that's, that's external forces at play. There's nothing that can persuade me any differently. Do you feel like your songs sit in that place yes. with you? Yes. And they nurture me, you know. And they nurture my family. My family sit in them. Our older brother, Arthur, named after our dad, he can't bring himself to listen to Mrs Edwards because it takes him back there, you know. And if that's what a, a, a song does, and that's his decision, that's his, his, his journey. But if he could sit there and embrace the sentiment in which we are all gifted as Nugget and Mary's children and embrace her, not the lyric, uh, it might get him through that, uh, that the pain. What's to come my way? Sat at the table, bowed down to pray. I'd done a thousand times before. I must obey the rules. Headed out the front door. Made my way to school. Because when I listened and when I recorded it ever, it was up in the hills of Woolamai on the way to to one thaggy. And I went to the recording session and Andy Stewart is, is, he knows his business. He knows how to, how to record an album. The, all the music had been done. And I said, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm ready. He goes, what? I said, I'm ready, let's go. He said, it's unusual. I've never done this before, but let's set you up. So we went into the room. I take everything out of my pockets, take my socks and shoes off. I took the braces. I think I had the braces on. I took the braces off. And I wear these braces because I want people to re be reminded that my dad wore braces. And he pressed play. And it's one take, one take. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, ooh, yeah. She's in the space. She's in the space. And I came back out, sat on the couch, and let's say the screen's there, Andy's sitting in front of the screen. So he's facing away from me. And I said, how was that, old son? When I, when I get comfortable with a non-Aboriginal person and they're male, I'll, you know, I'll read, how was that, old son? It's just a trait. We used to call Jock old mate. How was that, old mate, you know? And uh, whenever I get, yeah, 
close to an individual, I'll refer to them as old son. How was that old son? And he just sat there and he... I just sat there for a minute. You all right, old son? I said to him. And he still didn't answer me. And so I thought to myself, geez, it must have been a crap vocal. Must have been bad. And he turned around and he was, he was in tears. He said, Kutcher, I've been recording in this studio for over 16, 17, 18 years and I've recorded around the world. He said, to me, it's probably the best vocal I've ever heard. Not in, not in audio, but in resonance and spirit. I said, and I used the word funningly, funningly enough, old son, I believe she entered the space. And he said, why do you think I'm in the state I'm in? I heard the moment. You, you, it changed from delivering a lyric to entering it. She's in the space. I can feel her right now. Right now. Right now. And uh, I think that's why my brother can't. But I wish he would. Mm. Mrs Edwards, what was her first name? Mary. Mary Edwards. Yeah. Mary Edwards. Nee Murray. I'm slowly learning what it is to be me, but uh, I don't store it in the files. I, it's of me. You feel it. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah. And you so, feel the presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's been profound, my journey ever, you know, and uh, you are part of that. You entered into the song line when I met you, you know, 17, 18 years ago, you know. So it's all meant to be and it's all part of that, that timeline uh, that's circular, you know. But time is circular and you entered into it, went and done your own thing and now you're back, you know what I mean? It's, it's so interesting, yeah. And I'd love to ask you, a final question. What is your greatest hope for your work as a songwriter, as an artist, as a community worker? That I... that the song line 
will explain not only who I am but what I am and my purpose, you know. You know we, we look at USBs and vinyl and CDs and streaming uh, that in a hundred years somebody will listen to Mrs Edwards and they will know who Mrs Edwards is and what happened to that old lady, you know. And understand that, yeah, why? That's what I, I said the word today in front of all those Stolen Gens members. There's a question or there's a word that pops up in my, in my spirit and in my conversations and it's only a three-letter word, but why, you know? And my song line will tell of that and then it'll lead into the next song and the next song and, and the explanation and, and it'll tell, tell the, the person listening It'll paint a picture for them, you know. Who I was, but who I will always be. Kutcher Edwards, Mutty Mutty, Yorta Yorta, no, no. Listening to Singing Our Way Home podcast with myself, Eva Popov, and songwriter and legend Kutcher Edwards. You can find links to Kutcher's work at today's show notes at singingourwayhome.com. You can stay in touch via Instagram, Singing Our Way Home is the tag, and you'll be able to hear about all the episodes coming up there. Join the conversation, say hello, and have a beautiful week. Thank you.